Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's an honor to get to be here with you today. Um, we found out I just did this session uh, the last hour, and I thought I was prepared. There's so much material that I'm going to talk really fast and make sure that we can cover it, okay? Uh, so let me just do the introductions. The gorgeous lady behind me is my wife, Beth, and that's my big head that looks disproportionately huge compared to my gorgeous wife. Um, if you want to connect with me, uh, my Twitter handle is at BradRiley2. My wife created that Twitter for me years ago, and I kept saying Twitter's never going to be a thing, and now Twitter's huge. So uh, just really engaged with Twitter. I'm on Facebook, and because I'm in the 40 and over crowd, I tend to be on Facebook a lot more than I'm on Twitter. All right, so that's how that works. Um, let me just mention this. Uh, I'm from just outside St. Louis, as Pat said. Uh, Dave is a good friend of mine. We worked and ministered together in, in the Show Me State many, many times, and he was an incredible district youth director, and we, uh, we, didn't, we didn't just release him, we actually blessed him to come to Ohio, because when you bless somebody, you're going to get to share in that reward, and so we want to share in that reward. I think a lot of him and Beth and his family, and when he contacted me about doing this, um, this is not something that I ever envisioned Faith Chapel would do. Okay, I'm a church planner, we lay hands on the sick and we see him recover, I've laid hands on the sick. I've seen deaf ears pop open. I've seen blind eyes pop open. I believe in the gifts of healing. I walk in the gifts of healing. I teach the gifts of healing. Never envisioned that we would have a Faith Chapel RX ministry. Let me tell you two things that it's not before we even get started. Number one, it's not medications in a closet in the church corner with the Royal Ranger and Missionette material. Okay, it is not that, number one. Number two, it is not a ministry where you have liability when it comes to HIPAA form regulations, and we're going to find ourselves sued. Okay, so you don't have to worry about those things. In a nutshell, the RX ministry is you are an avenue that helps someone access opportunities that are already available to them that they just don't even know are there. So I'm going to start this real broad, and then I'm going to narrow it down, and hopefully we'll have enough time at the end for a couple of questions, and I'll see how I can handle them. Okay, uh, so here we are in the real broad sense. In our mission, we're called to heal the sick. I, this is something that we teach at Faith Chapel, but I know it's something that as believers in Christ, we believe this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Jesus says, and you all know it, you memorize it in Sunday school, even if you memorize it in the King James Version. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the Greek word for kingdom here is basileia, if I'm pronouncing that properly, basileia. When you think about kingdom, I don't want you to envision like heaven landing on earth, like literal heaven landing on our planet. What I want you to think about is a scepter that a king carries. A scepter represents his authority. Remember when Esther went before King Xerxes and she was worried for her life? But when King Xerxes lifted his scepter, it was an automatic pardon. And she was allowed to come into his presence. The scepter represents authority. Basilia represents heaven's authority on earth. Your kingdom, your authority, God, like it is in heaven, may it be here. I don't need more of here, here. I need, I need more of there, here. In other words, I don't need Columbus more like Columbus. I need Columbus more like heaven. Okay, so we believe for the kingdom of heaven to come and his will to be done. How does he do it? Well, most of the time he does it through you and me. When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons. Let's be charismatic. What did he get? The power to drive out what? All demons. 
and to cure diseases, not just to heal, but to cure. There's a different word there, and that's a lot of fun. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Notice that we're supposed to cure disease and heal the sick. I don't think we talk about that very often. If anybody should be discovering the cures to diseases, it's the family of God. Because we have the authority of heaven in us, and Christian researchers need to be the ones that discover the cure to these diseases, right? And we also walk with the authority to heal the sick, and sometimes it's demonic, but not all the time. So, when we look at things in a broad spectrum, here's, I, as a lead pastor, here's what I teach my staff. We live in O'Fallon, Missouri. What can we do to help O'Fallon, Missouri look a little bit more like heaven? What can we do to help O'Fallon, Missouri to be more like heaven? God doesn't just want to heal Christians, even though he wants to heal Christians. He also wants to heal through Christians to people that need him. Remember the 10 lepers that were healed? How many came back and said, thank you? Only one. And there was a song years ago, where are the other nine? Okay. Jesus didn't care. He loved and he freely gave whether they came back to say thank you or not. Okay. We're called to heal the sick. They don't have to be blood washed, spirit filled, born again to be healed. They can be an atheist that God can use us to lay hands on and to say, God loves you. Just be healed. I didn't believe in God. Yeah, but go ahead and walk in your healing anyway. Okay. So we teach that we're supposed to carry healing. The other thing that we teach, healing isn't a bonus to the gospel. It is incentric with the gospel. That healing is something that in the assemblies of God for a while took place at church camp or at a district event. And we would all celebrate it and tell the same story forever because we never had another one for six months or a year when it's actually a regular part of what God's called us to do. I had the privilege of praying with John Smith. Have you heard that story yet? The young boy that was raised from the dead in Lake St. Louis, Missouri, about a month and a half ago. It's been all over the news. The Today Show, CM, everybody's covering. It's, my, it's one of my daughter's best friends. His mom went into his room. His heart had not beat for 45 minutes. No pulse. He had sucked down the lake. His body temperature didn't get low enough for it to be cold water protected. The doctor said it was hopeless. His mom went in and grabbed his feet and said, Holy Spirit, give me back my son. And immediately his heart began to beat. He's an Assembly of God boy, so you're going to be hearing about it in the Assemblies of God. Now, if he was Methodist, you wouldn't be hearing about it, but he's Assembly of God. Okay? So you're going to hear about it. God raised him up. I had the privilege of going into his room right after the doctor said to the mom, You know what? You had a miracle. So that you could tell him bye. Because he's not there and he's not going to come back. He's brain dead. Six of us pastors walked in within five minutes of the doctor saying that. We laid hands on him and said, in Jesus' name, open up your eyes. And John opened up his eyes. Tears began to go down his cheeks. Two weeks later, he walked out of Cardinal Glennon Hospital on his own power. And he's rehabbing for basketball this spring. It's an absolute miracle of God. We believe in healing. We believe in miracles. God heals instantly. He heals progressively. And here's something else we believe in as followers of Christ. We believe that we need to steward resources. We steward the grace of God every day, don't we? We might feel like the Lord's compelling us to talk to someone about Him, and we don't do it. We've just made a management decision. He's the owner. We're carrying His message, and we just decided that that person didn't need it. That's a poor management choice. We steward resources all the time. But one of the things that we're called to steward are finances and the other things that the Lord provides for us. Now, I don't know how you guys are. It seems to me that the kingdom of the world has all the money they need whenever they want it. And the kingdom of heaven is broke. And it ticks me off because God's word says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And have you ever just thought, where are those hills? Where are those cattle? Right. 
Are they the Chick-fil-A cattles? Are they painting billboards across the country? Where are these cattle, right? My staff will come to me and they'll say, Pastor Brad, we need to get this. It's only $1,000. You know where my mind goes? My mind goes, well, if somebody in the church is a gross tither, that's $10,000 of income for that $1,000 purchase. But the reality is most people, if they're tithers are net tithers, if they're even tithers, usually it takes twenty dollars to $30,000 worth of resources for that $1,000 offering to come in. You know what I'm talking about? It's just practical life. It's ministry. We steward stuff all the time. We constantly tell our staff, if you can double dip on something, double dip on it. If you can make it a youth and a kids event, make it a youth and a kids event. Let's, let's maximize these resources. How about when it comes to medications? A few years ago, my wife was watching a report in our local area about nursing homes that when, when patients passed away, and lots of times in a nursing home, somebody might be on five or six or seven medications on a daily basis. And when brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so passes away, they take these medications, they take the lid off, and they pour the medicine in the toilet. And they do it with all seven of those medications. And if he had a month's supply, legally, they're not allowed to provide it to anybody else. So you get a month's worth of meds. Sometimes they get it in three-month and six-month increments, six-month worth of medication being poured in the toilet. Doctor's offices. Have you ever went in and said, hey, doc, can I have a sample? Right? Save me a few bucks. Can you give me a sample? Well, sometimes those samples aren't used and they become what's called a short-dated medicine. And a doctor doesn't want to take the liability to give somebody a medication that has less than a two and a half to three months shelf life left on it. So they'll send in one of their office workers to go ahead and clean out the medication cabinet. And to save the money of incineration, they typically just open the bottles and they just flush it down the toilet. Not only are we seeing a horrible waste of resources that could help people in need, in our area, they've traced, we have trace medications in our water supply most advanced country in the world and we're putting our own meds in our own water and we're giving it to our children and we're giving it to ourselves and we've all, I'll guarantee you, you've got trace medicines in your body from your own water supply. Not only was it happening in St. Louis, but they were quoting municipalities all across the country where this is taking place. My wife got ticked off. Now, she might have looked gorgeous in the picture and the introduction and the best smile, but you don't want to make Beth, Beth Wagner Riley mad. I'll tell you that right now. And she got mad. She said, we're going to do something about this. So she woke me up at three in the morning to tell me what she was going to do. She said, I'm going to buy a van. I'm like, a van? You're going to live in the van down by the river with Chris Farley? What are you going to do here? She said, I'm going to buy a van. I'm going to get red cargo boxes like you used to ship stuff over the seas. I'm going to put my name in all the nursing homes, all the doctor's offices, and I'm going to go and I'm going to collect all this medicine that's getting flushed down the toilet, and I'm going to ship it to places where they can use it and they can put it to work. Well, how do you know that legally that's not going to happen? And I tried to tell her that from three till about six o'clock in the morning. But Beth got on the phone and she called Jefferson City, which is our state capital. And she started working through offices and she got nowhere, as you can imagine, with red tape. And I finally said, hey, babe, why don't you call Chris Palombo in our church? Chris Palombo works for Ascension Health, which is a major player in the healthcare field. He's in our church. I heard that he started a whole free medical thing in Michigan before he moved down here. Let's meet with him. So we met at Buffalo Wild Wings because God directs people at Buffalo Wild Wings. And we went there and we met and she said, this is what's happening. And he said, yep. And she said, this is what I'm going to do about it. And he said, you'll never do it. She said, what? He said, you'll never be able to do that. But here's what you can do. Now, before we're completely disappointed, I will finish the rest of the meeting story with Chris Palombo later because we are doing something about it. 
But in the short term, he said, you can't do that, but what you can do is this. You can get medications directly from the pharmacy to people that are in need, and you can do it for free of charge or for virtually no cost at all. And we said, there's no way. He said, yeah. He said, it's already there, and if it's not used, it's going to go to waste. So we want to manage resources. So out of our desire to manage resources and to overcome waste, we started what's called the FCRX Assistance Program. You don't have to open up a separate 501c3 to have an RX assistance program. So this is just underneath the umbrella of our church 501c3. I will say this, if you want to get some donations outside of the church world, opening up a separate 501c3 is a good way to go because Home Depot doesn't want to give money to Faith Chapel, even if we're using that money to help people that are in need with their health but they would give it to an RX assistance program that doesn't have the church name on it. And we can talk about that more later. In a, in a one-sentence way, here's what the RX assistance program is. It is an avenue for compassionate and diligent volunteers to help bring health transformation to those in desperate need. It's an avenue. I'm going to explain that avenue. At least I'm going to try. So our FCRX assistance program, we find people that believe in the gifts of healing and also believe that medication can be used. Have you noticed that sometimes theologically we get on these weird lines? You have people that say, God's the divine healer, so I'm not taking medicine. It's a lack of faith. If medicine is there to help heal, you're almost contradicting your own statement. You'll also have people that will say, I don't believe that God heals anymore but they'll be the first one to get a prescription for anything that ails them. And it's funny, they'll say, I don't believe it's God's will to heal, and yet they'll go try to get healed on their own. If it isn't God's will to heal, then why are you even trying? You know what I mean? It's just kind of funny how people look at things from time to time. We want people that believe that healing is for today, and it can be instantaneous, it can be progressive, and it can also be these wonderful people with creativity that God's given the ability to create things from the stuff that He already made to help provide them healing. It can happen that way, and we're cool with that, all right? They also need to be diligent because there's forms that we work through. I'm not an administrative guy. David Pafford's an administrative genius. Blows me away. He'll, he'll, Pastor Brad, hey, you want to come do camp for me? I'm like, yes, I'd love to. Can you get your notes to me early? Please, no! No! I'm a flow with the Holy Spirit in the moment guy. You're a flow with the Holy Spirit two years in advance guy. Just know that I'll bring a fresh word. Can we do that? Can you just let me bring a fresh word? He's like, all right, I'll let you bring a fresh word. All right. As long as you'll use this title, you can bring a fresh word. I'm like, all right, I'll make it happen. Okay. Some of you might be the same way. You look at forms, you go, oh, can you imagine being on five or six medications and you're hurting and you're broken and you're frustrated and you need help, and you find out that there's a way to get some help, but the first thing you have to do is figure out these bleeping, bleeping forms, speaking from a non-Christian perspective. Okay? They're gonna, they give up. They give up. We need diligent people that say, you know what? You're worth it. And I'm not going to let your brokenness keep you from being helped. I'm going to navigate with you through this moment. So, here's our mission. We navigate a difficult system. Here's how it works. 
Let's use Pfizer as an example, not because I'm a paid endorser, but it's a name that we all know. Okay? Let's just use them as an example. Let's say that there's a medication that a lot of people need that Pfizer makes and it sells. Let's just use the number, just say $10 a pill, retail value for this certain medication, and somebody needs it every single day. So it's 70 bucks a week for this certain pill. They will manufacture that pill literally, <laughs> I mean, I can't even say pennies on the dollar. I mean, we're talking 0. .00001 on the dollar. I mean, it, it's just for a fraction of a cost. that they'll, I'm not picking on them. It just is what it is. They'll manufacture that, that pill, let's just say for a penny, even though it's not even that much. Say for a penny. But the retail value of that medication is $10. Why is that the retail value? Because they said that's what it should be and people pay it. And we feel like it's worth it because we pay for it and we've set a value, right? We have an arm's length agreement. We set a value. It's 10 bucks. Okay, I'm fine with that. Because we have an arm's length agreement that it's a $10 pill, Pfizer might make 10% more than they know they'll ever sell in a certain quarter. They'll produce it and they'll put it in the box and they'll send it to their warehouse where it sits on the shelves. They designate it as a donation for those that are in financial need and unable to get that medication on their own. So it's designated for those that are in need. Thus, it's a $10 a pill tax break, even though it's only a one penny a pill production cost. You put the box on there, add another penny. So if you've got a box of four pills and, a, and the box, you've got a nickel and they just got a $50 value retail against their tax money, corporate taxes. It's shrewd. Shrewd. I'm not using shrewd in a bad way. Jesus said we're to be shrewd with the gospel. How many of you are shrewd? Try to make your money go as far as you can. I'm an ordained minister. I get a housing allowance. Some people say, I don't think it's fair. Well, maybe it isn't fair. I don't think it's going to last much longer in our country, to be honest with you. But while I get it, I won't take advantage of it. So I save a receipt for every can of pledge that we buy. Because it goes toward my house. And buying that can of pledge, I'm going to have to buy it anyway. And if saving the receipt can help me save another nickel on my taxes over the course of the year, I'd rather keep more in my house than give it to Uncle Sam. He's not a bad uncle, but I'd rather keep it. Can I get an amen? amen. So we all, before we throw a judgment stick on corporate America, they're doing the same thing that we all do. They're just doing it on a larger scale. But they're not evil because it's available. They've just set up a very specific system for us to be able to get it. Here's the deal. Most people don't even know it's there. How many of you, just by show of hands, didn't even know that there was a warehouse where medicines are that you might be able to get for free? Okay, we don't, we don't even know. We don't even know about it. They've created what's called a PAP, a Patient Assistance Program, where you can access these medications. So what kind of resources are we talking about? We're talking about meds for all sorts of different things. The manufacturers have medications available for people that are in need. And let's kind of, let's qualify what those needs are. By the way, this PowerPoint presentation is on the Ohio Ministry Network website. So you'll be able to get it there. All right. And something else I failed to mention at the beginning that I meant to. These sessions are good but making sure that you're connecting with other people while you're here is even better. So don't let, the, don't let the synergy get away, all right? Make sure you're connecting with other people. How do we access these medicine resources? 
through what the literally the drug companies have created, which is called a patient assistance program. All right. How does it work? Or or a discount pharmacy program, which I'm not going to spend time talking about them. What is a patient assistance program? That's a great question. It's the program that pharmaceutical manufacturers make available to help patients. The medicines are assessed through PAP forms, a patient assistance program form. A PAP form is the name of the application used by the pharmaceutical manufacturer to access donated and or steeply discounted medications, medicines. What do we at Faith Chapel... I pastor a local church and it's not the largest one in my state. All right. It's not even the largest one in my town. What do we do to help people? How do we at Faith Chapel help someone? Well, here's how here's what we need. And here's how we do it. We need to find out what their age is. If they're 18 years age or below, then the government's going to help them already. There's programs in place. If they're 65 years of age or above, the government's going to help them because there's programs in place. But there's this incredible age of 19 to 64, this huge gap in the middle where you can't get government assistance for medications that you need. And there are so many people that need them. I'm going to take a cul-de-sac moment and just say, I didn't even realize in my community how many people would need these things. I pastor in a middle class to upper middle class area. And I just assumed that this would touch so, just a very small amount of people. It touches so much more than that. It touches the guy that's making 120000 a year and has four or five children. And then he gets downsized by his company. And nobody wants to hire him now because he's already over the age of 50. And he's got this enormous house that he just lost back to the bank. And he'll come walking in, never realizing that he would ever be in a position where he would need help. And he needs help. Let me say it this way. It's not just for the needy. It's for those in need. And I use those words intentionally because we have an umbrella that we like to put on what we think needy is. And I realize there are some that strike you as more needy than others, but it's for those that are in need. We've had 20-some-year-olds that have come in that had a motorcycle accident, that had a lot, enough pain that they got on all these meds and then they got addicted and then their body rejected and they got on something else and they come in there on four or five medications and they can't keep a job because they've got such bad ADD because of all the side effects that they're living in mom and dad's basement and they actually need help. And it'd be too easy to be like my great-grandpa used to be and just say, you're 25, buck up and get a job. When the reality is, they can't buck up. There's nothing left to buck. They're broken and they need help. Okay? So we need to know their age. We need to know the source of their income. As I say to my tax man, reported income. Right? So we need to know all their reported income. If they're getting a little tip money on the side, I don't want to know about it. Okay? And we need a list of all their prescribed medicines. I have had people walk in with a bag of medication and drop it down and you find out they're on five, six, seven, eight things. You're like, oh my, and you've you got to take these three and then this one helps because you still need this fourth one and it contradicts with this one. If you don't, you're like, how do you even navigate this? And they, they don't. They don't navigate it. Those are the things that we need to help somebody. Lots of times now, by the way, we can even do this in a phone interview. 
We've got the church phone number on there and we've got different people that serve in this ministry and they're on a rotational basis and, and they're so committed to it. They're like, if, if we can get their number to call them back, we will. But if not, we just give them the mobile number of the person and they'll call that person directly and they'll navigate them through these three steps to see if we can pre-qualify them before even asking them to come into the church. What do we do for them? We, ac- we do what they could do for themselves if they weren't broken. We access the PAP forms. You can Google them. They're everywhere. Okay? You can find them on Google. Here's the problem. How many know that there's a lot of people that like to make a buck off broken people? For every PAP form out there that can help someone, there are more agencies that you can sign up with that will fill out the PAP forms for you for a monthly fee of X amount of money. We're doing what some people are charging people $50 a month for. And they might only have $50 a month of disposable income. And they'll say, well, listen, your medications are costing you $300 a month. So paying us $50 a month, you're going to have $250. And that's a good deal, right? But my goodness, they're taking advantage of somebody that's absolutely broken. So we do for free what some people charge for. So what we do is we direct them to faithchapelag.com. We're affiliated with the Agricultural Division of the Assemblies of God, AG, right? Okay. Faithchapelag.com. And if you can, guys can go to our website if you want to check it out, faithchapelag.com. And underneath outreaches, if I'm remembering cor- correctly, yes. Underneath out, you click on outreaches at the top and it brings up this ministry. Um, those are some of the ministries that we do. You see the bottom, we have Safe Ride. We provide, a, we provide a lift from a local bar every Friday night for anybody that's had so much to drink that they can't get themselves home safely. I've had a team of men that have done this for four years. I think last count, we've driven 450 people home in the last four years. And our only reason for doing that is so that they don't kill themselves or kill somebody else. I mean, so it's Safe Ride Minute. I won't talk about all of it. Our ex-assistance program is the one that we're working with. So let's say that somebody even called in. They didn't even go to the website and they call and Pastor Brad's on. You know what? Let me just get on the Internet. I go to our own website. I click on outreach. I click on our ex-assistance and it takes me to the description of what we need to do. What's your age? What's your income? What medications have you been prescribed? And then down at the bottom, they're in yellow because they're a link. If somebody doesn't have a prescription, I can't help them. I can refer them to a free clinic where there's a doctor that can help them get a prescription. But if they've got a prescription, whether it's from a free clinic or from a family physician, it doesn't matter. If they have a prescription, we're good to go. All right? Because I'm going to take either their bottles of medication and I'm going to pull their information right off of it. Or sometimes we'll even say, would you contact your your physician and see if he'll give you a list, an updated list of what you're prescribed to right now? Because we found some people, they haven't taken stuff for two or three months and they've completely forgot what it was. So we'll get an updated list of what their medication is and we'll click on it and we click on this PAP option form and we go to rxassist.org. And I see we've already got somebody on there, rxassist.org. And what you do... You'll punch in what medication they're taking into the search engine and you qualify them by putting in that, yes, they're this age and this is their income and here's their medication and we find out where we can get it and how much it's going to cost us. And guess what? Nine out of ten times we can get it for free. It's in the warehouses. So how do we get it out? Right? How do we get it out of the warehouse? Because I can't drive everywhere. I drove from Virginia Beach to St. Louis yesterday just to fly back to Columbus. How insane is that? 
right? But we can't do we can't drive to every warehouse everywhere to get this stuff done. So how do we do this? Well, what we do is we either help the patient or we for them fill out their form. We'll write their it's the form that the that the pharmacy manufacturer insists that we use and we will fill it out for them. And then all we do is we highlight where the doctor needs to sign that we've done it correctly. And some doctor's offices say, scan it and email it to me. Some say, I want you to mail it to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, no, mail it. Snail mail, mail it. All right. Some want us to fax it. So however their doctor wants us to get it to them, we get it to them. And when their doctor opens it up, he'll see everything's filled in and it's the prescription that he prescribed. He's already done the work. And we rewrote what he had. And usually you all know as well as I do, he's not the one looking at it anyway. His office manager is. And they verify that everything's been filled out correctly. So guess who has the liability? The doctor's office. And once they verify it's been filled out correctly, the office manager, I can just envision her walking right over to Dr. So-and-so and he signs it. And we even provide them with a self-addressed stamped envelope to put the form in to drop it in the mail. And it goes to that warehouse. And guess where they send it? Not Faith Chapel to keep next to our Royal Ranger supplies. They don't even have to send it to their doctor. They send it directly to the patient. Isn't that amazing? Most of these prescriptions, most of them are issued in three-month intervals. Some of them are done one year at a time. So, think about a broken person with high blood pressure and diabetes and OCD and bipolar disorder and fibromyalgia and all these other things that we don't even know what they are. And they don't even have the energy to get out of bed, let alone fill out a form. And you get a dedicated person in there that's willing to work with a broken person and to fill those forms out and to get them to their doctor. You change their life. Now, I have a vision of what I like it to be. And there are times that it looks like this. We schedule our appointments on Friday night at Faith Chapel. And we've got an auditorium that kind of flows into a cafe area. And we'll have coffee going. Because how many know good things happen with coffee? We'll have coffee going. We'll have bottles of water. And I'll have a worship leader up on the platform singing to Bethel music to Jesus and having a great time of worship. Not too loud because you've got to be able to hear, but just loud enough to kind of set the mood. And we come in and they dump their medications out and we say, man, this is no problem. It's my grandma used to say, no hill for a climber. And we start working with them and we figure it out and we go, hey, can we pray for you? And can we bless you? And can we give you water? And we just want to love on them. That's my vision. And that they would find and we would sign the form and we would send it in and then they would say, hey, I need your Jesus. And we give them our Jesus and then we lay hands on them. They begin to shun die and they fall over, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they get called to Nigeria. That's my vision. Very rarely does it happen that way. 30% of the time they don't even show up for the appointment. Okay, so. Here we go. What are some of the challenges that we face? Number one, hopelessness. People are hopeless. How many of you, when you, you know what I'm talking about, when you feel bad, life's not good. You know, it's always easy to judge somebody else. You know what? I mean, he's an amputee, but he still has most of his limbs. He should be, really? Let's cut your leg off, see how you navigate life for a while. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's so easy to judge somebody else. Come up here, let me take a hammer, hit that big toe. Let's see how the rest of your day is. I mean, when people are hurting, no wonder they hurt others. 
Number two, most patients need help with, the men, with many medications. And lots of times, many patients don't even have transportation. We drop our FCRX cards at local laundromats. Grocery stores, where they'll allow us to pin them up onto a billboard. We'll pin, them on a, we'll pin them on a little bulletin board at a grocery store. We'll leave them at a laundromat. We'll leave, Starbucks will let you leave them up for about two weeks at a time. We'll go to a Christian bookstore because we'll find lots of times people that are broken will go to a Christian bookstore, almost like a guy that goes to the bar to talk to the bartender. So we'll leave them on the, the, the you know, get a local Christian bookstore that'll let us leave them, leave them on the counter. And we'll get phone calls. And here's the challenge. You got a volunteer. They only get 52 Friday nights a year, right? They work 60 hours this week. They just want to go out with their wife or their husband that week. But, oh, my goodness, I'm on FX, uh, FCRX Assist tonight. Okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to grab a bite to eat. I'm going to get back down to church. I'm going to get ready. And, my goodness, they didn't even show up for the appointment. We don't want to get mad at broken people. We realize that broken people do things that broken people do. And we tell that assistant that showed up to volunteer, you know what, come here. And you put your arm around them and you say, God is so pleased because you still gave of your time and you gave of your energy, whether they came or not. Let's make a phone call. Let's see if we can find them. Sometimes you'll find out that the number is not even an active number. But we've had times where a guy said, I just couldn't get there and we'll send two guys off to go pick them up. Or a lady that couldn't make it, we'll send two ladies to go pick them up. And we'll bring them in and we'll just love on them and help them navigate the system. And now we've been doing it lots of times now. Sometimes we don't even meet them. We just do it all over the phone. Now, that's not getting them all saved and filled with the Holy Spirit the way that I want to. But at the same time, it's Jesus. It's Jesus loving people that are broken and that are hurting. So the no-show rate's high. Marketing, getting it out there. And uh, most of the patients need help, including spiritual on a variety of levels. When people are hurting, they need help in so many different ways. Now, let's wrap this thing up, and I think I'll actually have a couple of minutes for questions. In our mission, we watch God do more than we can even imagine. So remember earlier, my wife, I'm going to buy a van. I'm going to put red cargo boxes. I'm going to go collect medicines. Chris Palombo looks at her and says, you can't even do that, but here's what you can do. A couple of years after we got the RX Assistance Ministry started, Chris Palombo and my wife Beth started the ministry. Chris has been known in the healthcare field for a number of years. He received a call from a nonprofit in Nashville, Tennessee, called the Dispensary of Hope. I'll put their website up there if you want to check them out. I'm on their leadership committee at this time. The Dispensary of Hope. They contacted Chris and they said, Chris, we're doing something revolutionary. What are you doing? We have doctor's offices that are committed to sending us their short-dated medications so that we can redistribute them to free clinics and people that are in need so that we don't have all the medical waste. Yeah, what do we use? Well, we send boxes of hope to the doctor's offices, and they're sealed, and the doctor opens them up, and they, they can use the arm method if they want to. They just put their arm on their counter. They just dump it all in the box. They seal it back. They ship it to us, and we'll inventory it, and we'll get it out to people in need. We want you to help us take it to the next level. Chris said, I need to come down and check this place out. He went down and checked that place out, and guess what color those boxes are? They're red. As of now, we have 1,200 physician practices that are sending us their medications through the boxes of hope. We also have pharmaceutical companies committed to producing overruns intentionally 
so that they can send us the medications. Last year, 2014, they sent us $64 million worth of medications. I said million. $64 million. And we distributed between 20 and 25 million of those medications back out to free clinics and to other places of need. So what does that mean? That means that we too incinerated a portion of what was donated, about two-thirds of it. It's amazing. There is more medicine than we can get our hands on. It's available. We've, here's our dispensary of hope slogan, pills in, pills out. We've got to be as effective as we can to get it in and as effective as we can to get it out. And eventually, my hope, and I'm just speaking this by faith, is to connect the dispensary of hope with my friends at the Convoy of Hope. I'm actually going down to preach at the Convoy of Hope next month. And my prayer is that I can connect these organizations because what Convoy is doing in relief and in food, the dispensary is duplicating in medicines. And if we can get them connected, it could be amazing. So if you want to, the reason I bring up the dispensary of hope is one, to tell you that God does do those things that he shows you. And two, if you'll go to the dispensaryofhope.org website, they have distribution places in Ohio that aren't in other states. Literally, Canton, Columbus, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Troy. Now, I don't know how many of you are close to these locations, but these are places that the dispensary of hope the organization I'm a part of, Chris Palumbo is the CEO of, we send our medicines to these places right now and people, if they qualify, same qualifications, 19 to 64, below a certain poverty line, and they have a current prescription, they can go get meds for free. All right? So, we can do a lot together. It's on the Dispensary of Hope website. All right? I know I clicked through that quickly. Last statement, people always ask, and we didn't have a lot of time for asking, but they always ask, can you tell us something that maybe happened early on? And can you tell us something that happened recently? We've been doing this for six years. So I'll tell you one of the first stories, the first year that we did this. A lady came to us that had a master's degree, but she was almost blind. She was losing her sight, and there was a medication that would help her keep her sight. But it was so expensive, $800 a month, that she was only taking a, she was supposed to take a pill every morning and every evening. She was only doing one pill a day. And because she was only doing one pill a day, her sight was getting worse and worse. And guess what? She lost her job because she couldn't see. So by the time we meet her, this lady with a master's degree was living on $1,100 a month and her medication was $800 a month. And our team navigated with her over the course of two hours and we found through a company, through the physician assistant, or the, the assistance.org website, a company that gave her a three-year prescription. Are you ready for this? Free of charge. From 800 a month to free for three years. And we told her to reconnect with us if she needed to, because we would help her. She did not reconnect with us three years later, so I, I don't know what the rest of the story is for her, but she knew how to do it. Here's one that just took place. Three weeks ago, we got a phone call. A lady in Omaha, Nebraska. Remember, we're in St. Louis. Omaha, Nebraska had visited her sister in O'Fallon, Missouri. Saw one of our cards at a laundromat. Her sister had just recently had her left leg amputated. I don't know why. After the surgery, a bacteria hit her system that she had been unable to get rid of. She was given a prescription. Are you ready for this? for a pill that she has to take every single day 
so that this bacteria doesn't spread through her body. Guess how much the pill is? $100. Her prescription is $36,500 a year. Janine Menendorf, our lady that leads the Rx ministry now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it took her a week and a half. She'd work on it a couple of hours every evening. But we just found out last week that she found a company that gave the prescription for a full year at the cost of no money. 365 pills, free of charge. It changed her life. It's changed her life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's all I got.